house it's me it's your man it's your main man it's all walls and i'm back episode 52 52 not quite at our year anniversary yet the first episode aired on january 13th of 2022 so while this is the 52nd episode it is not officially a year and there's actually been 50 three episodes technically because we had a bonus episode but uh 52nd episode almost a year's anniversary having a blast and i just want to say thank you guys so much thank you to all of you guys out there who listen to the show who've got t-shirts who shared the show who've told a friend about it i appreciate you guys and i'm gonna ask you once again if you could please rate review comment subscribe and share and again, I appreciate you guys. So uh, let's do a quick little update. T-shirt giveaway. We had plenty of people share. Two shirts will be given away. Two shirts. Drum roll, please. First shirt goes to Jordan Coach Clark. Coach Clark uh, from Co- Clarky's Corner actually was uh, had got himself four entries, I believe, or was it four or. F- let me, let me look. Let me look back. One, two, three, four entries. Yep. He shared uh, all the time. So Coach Clark will be getting a, uh, a shirt. Reach out to me, Coach Clark. And secondly, we have Dakota Roof. Dakota Roof was by far the top share. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shares. Seven shares. So he was weighted pretty heavily in there. So not really a huge surprise that he won. So Dakota, let me know how I can get that to you. So uh, this week we got to talk uh, on the show. We got to talk to Packers. We got a fun Monday night football coming up that we'll we'll throw an addendum in after. You know, after this has all been recorded, I'll do that last. We've got some college football to talk about. We've got the Flyers. We've got some UNC basketball. And as always, we got my passing thoughts. So without any further ado, let's get to it. The Green Bay Packers control their destiny to make the playoffs after an absolute ass-kicking, a route, a boat race, a thumping, beating the brakes off the Vikings, whatever you want to call it. It was a great day to be a Packers fan. Down go the Commanders, and then down go the Vikings in just, like I said, a beatdown, just smacking them around. 41-17 is the final. I want to point out, I want to point out, it was 41 to 3. 41 to 3 when all the starters came out. Like he scored a couple cheap ones late. Just just want to make a note there. Just want to make a note. It was 41 3. That was 41 for the Packers, 3 for those losers from Minnesota. What a game! What a game! Packers come out right out of the blocks, just, you know, doing the right stuff, getting the stop, getting the stop, three and out to start the game. What do they do? They go three and out and get a punt blocked. It's just like, oh, holy shit, here we go again. 
Here we go again. Packers special teams. Back at it. Back at it. Just trying to lose games. Hey, they didn't get the memo. They're like, uh-uh. Special teams not losing this game. So, by the way, huge, huge hold for the defense on that second possession right after the block punt. The momentum that they got out of that stop and just holding them to three, I think that was huge for the game. Obviously, what happened next was pretty nice for momentum too. Keyson Nixon. I told you guys he was a game changer. I said it. I said it a couple weeks ago. It wasn't hard to see. I'm really not taking that much credit. I mean, it went from Amari Rogers back there fucking around to Keyson Nixon just busting loose. So, well, it wasn't that hard to see, but man, there was a hole the size of a small river for him to run through. You could legitimately, you know, they always say you could drive a Mack truck through that hole. I think you legitimately could have driven a Mack truck. I mean, that hole looked like it was 20 yards wide. They asked him what he saw. He goes, the kicker. Just the kicker. He goes, I just know I had to beat the kicker. 105-yard house call straight to the hissy. And then it was kind of on. There was a... Well, then I think it was the next drive where there was a really interesting play calling. Some of the play calling today was interesting from the Packers. I mean, it was yesterday. It's Monday as I record this. Like, there was a stretch where they went an inside, just like dive handoff with Aaron Jones. The next play, they went like a pitch to the outside with A.J. Dillon. And then it was fourth down. It was fourth and short, like fourth and two or three maybe. And they ran like a long developing play action pass, like trying to get, I think, Christian Watson deep. But it was just a really interesting. End up getting a pick and, you know, and then it's 14-3 and then it's off to the races. But, yeah, some of the play calling was interesting. We found Bobby Tunyon, Bobby Tunyon, Robert Tunyon, out of the blue, out of nowhere. Haven't seen, you know, barely see him for two years. He finds his way into the end zone. Rodgers snipes him back there. Greg Joseph struggling uh, struggling a little bit. He missed a, a 50-yarder in the second uh, quarter, second quarter, almost near the halftime, which led to Mason Crosby getting a chance to kick a 56-yarder. Old-ass Mason Crosby, who had a rough year last year. He booted one in from 56, off the crossbar, off the crossbar and in. So that was a fun little moment. But yeah, then it was, I, I think my main takeaway from this game, what I didn't like, I mean, before we get to main takeaways, I got a couple other thoughts that just kind of hit me again. Didn't love the Packers coming out in the third quarter in the prevent. Didn't love it. They got torched in that first game in zone defense, they seem to be playing a lot more man in the first half, and that was working. Oh, in the first half, Justin Jefferson, no catches. No catches for Justin Jefferson in the first half. That was his first game with no catches in a first half since week one in 2020 against the Green Bay Packers. So there's that. Cousin ends up ends up throwing three picks and a fumble that was caused and recovered by Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark was getting into the backfield pretty pretty good 
the Vikings lost the their second string center and were on their third string center and then had another lineman go down. So the line not great for them. Rodgers just showing some blinding speed getting in from two yards out. But, you know, <clears throat> now as far as overall takes go, I think this team, this Packers team that we saw against the Vikings, and granted, it's one single game. This is what people were expecting from the Packers. Run the ball and play defense. Run the ball and play defense. There was a much healthier healthier dose of Aaron Jones. And Rodgers only threw it 24 times, 15 to 24 for 159 and a touchdown. Ran it 32 times. 14 rushes for Aaron Jones, 14 for 111. And 12 rushes for A.J. Dillon. 12 for 41 and a touchdown. Aaron Jones also had a couple of receptions. Didn't do much with him. But I think that's what everyone was kind of expecting out of this Packer team. Was to run it more. Use the kind of the dual running back. The two-headed running back. And then Rodgers doesn't have to sling it 40 times. That's the I mean that's the secret to success for Green Bay. I don't think that's a, a huge a huge secret, you know. I call it a secret to success, but I mean it's a pretty well-known secret. So yeah. So the Packers, they go to week 18. It's win and get in. Beat the Lions and they're in. Heading to San Francisco. That'll be uh, a discussion for another time if that happens. But yeah, after 4 and 8 I was looking at my notes from four and eight after they lost to the to the Eagles. I was like, "Time for Joe Barry to go." And it still might be. I said, "Jordan Love looked goodish. Maybe we should just run with him for the rest of the year." It says Rogers says he's going to play next week in Chicago, but he shouldn't give Love the reins and see what he can do. Those were my notes. They go from four and eight to eight and eight now. A chance to win their final game, go to nine and eight, and make the playoffs. Playoffs. Pretty wild turnaround. Pretty wild turnaround. Just remember, 41-3 when the starters came out. Here's a quick note on the Vikings before we move on to the rest of the NFL. The Vikings are 12-4, but have a point differential of minus 19. Minus 19. They've allowed 414 points this year. And have only scored 395. To the other top teams in the NFC. The Eagles are plus 127. The Cowboys are plus 145. And the 49ers are plus 148. It doesn't say in this article I'm reading what the point differentials of Detroit and Green Bay are. But it just says that Minnesota has worse point differentials than Detroit and Green Bay. Both are eight and eight. New Orleans, who is seven and nine. Cleveland, who's seven and nine. The Jets, who are seven and nine. And Las Vegas, who is six and ten. 
So that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. All right, let's move on to the rest of the NFL. Um, moving on to the rest of the NFL. Let's start Thursday. The Cowboys, 27-13, went over the Titans. They continue to keep themselves in the hunt, especially as the Eagles lose. We'll get to that. For the division title and an outside shot at the number one overall seed. That would need a lot of help, I think. You know, we're at that point where there's 800 scenarios for everything. But they would have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. They would need to win. They'd probably need the they would need the Niners to lose. I don't know where the tiebreaker goes there. And then obviously the Eagles would need to lose and they'd need to win one more time. That said, a couple of you know, a concerning thing. We've mentioned it. Dak can't stop turning the ball over. Two more interceptions Thursday night. Granted, one of them was not even close to his fault. He hit his receiver in the hands, and that dude basically took that ball, shined it up, and said, here you go, defense, I have a present for you. So one of those interceptions is not his fault, but another interception. So he has turned the ball over, I think now, at least once in every game since he's been back. Let me see what his stat line for the year is, if it lets me. Yeah, he's played in 11 games, and he has 14 interceptions. Quick note, uh, Packers-Lions flexed to Sunday night. That was a pretty pretty large possibility once Jags-Titans got flexed to Saturday night. So, now we know. Mention the Eagles. The Eagles go down. Back-to-back losses for them now. 2010 loss to the Saints. Offense showed a little regression here this week. They're hoping for Jalen Hurts to come back. I'm not positive if that's going to happen in Week 18. I saw a hypothetical. It was like, would you rather Jalen Hurts come back and play week 18. Oh, it says he was close this week. So, would you rather Hurts come back, play week 18, you win with the possibility that he aggravates it, or just have him sit out, you lose, but then you get him back 100% healthy, even if you're not the number one overall seed for the playoffs. Interesting, interesting. I thought Ross Tucker had... A really good thought on this. He posts, I saw, it was from one of his podcasts, maybe the Ross Tucker football show or or one of his, he, he does like three or four, I think. Saw it on his Instagram. <clears throat> Big Ross Tucker fan, by the way. Really like him for NFL stuff. Great fill-in host for Dan Patrick as well. All that said, he had a great theory. He's like, hey, if you are going to use your quarterback as a primary ball carrier, you really need to budget in that they are going to be injured and miss a game or two a year. And the two most recent examples are Jalen Hurts and and Lamar Jackson. Now, Jalen Hurts is out this week again, this past week, rather. So he's been out two games. He missed a game last year. Lamar Jackson has missed a bunch of games this year and a bunch of games last year. So 
What's the plan with that going forward? So you, now you you budget it in. How do you budget it in? Do you go out and spend a little more extra money trying to get a really quality backup? You know, somebody like Baker Mayfield, who's popping around. I mean, Gardner Minshew is a pretty quality backup, I would have to say. So I'd have to say the Eagles kind of planned a little bit for it. But he's not in the same mold as Jalen Hurts. Obviously, it's it's a much different game plan. The Ravens went with like the Tyler Huntley to kind of keep the similar game plan, the similar style of play. So interesting. I mean, Nick Foles last year was much closer to the style of play of Jalen Hurts. They were talking about that in the uh, in the game, how uh, Nick Foles may take the dump out, you know, and on the on the read option, he may just dump it out and pick up three four yards. That's not really something Gardner Minshew is doing. So something to consider. Something to consider. Another thing to consider, Tom versus time. Tom Brady just refusing, refusing to die. 45-year-old Tom Brady, who I saw a stat, this was like on Friday, the number of days from when he was born to when he was drafted was the exact same as the number of days from when he was drafted until that day. And again, I think that was Friday. So I think now he has spent over half of his life as an NFL quarterback. Obviously, that's not considering the 30-day retirement he had, but, you know. But, yeah, 45-year-old Tom Brady goes 34 of 45 for 432 yards and three touchdowns, all three of which to Mike Evans, who is, where's this one? He is the first NFL player in history to start his career with nine consecutive 1,000-yards receiving seasons. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, the Bucks scored three TDs in the fourth quarter to kind of put the uh, the Panthers away. And they had the greatest, the greatest punt in the history of the world to keep them alive. It ended up not technically counting, but there were 42 seconds left. Bucks up 30-24. They were snapping from the Panthers' 45. Bucks punters back on his own 45. I guess I never really calculated how much distance they give themselves. The, put, the, the snap gets muffed. The next thing you know, he's in trouble. He's going down, and the Panthers are going to have the ball on the Bucks like 40. He scrambles his way out and flips one down, a little kick kick on the run, and they downed it at like the one yard. Turns out there was a penalty ineligible man downfield. He ends up repunting, he punts it to like the 10. So worked out incredible. But had he gotten tackled, or God forbid, not picked up the ball, or like gotten hit and fumbled, and next thing you know, the Panthers are off to the races, or they've got, you know, a couple of shots from from their 40. They can move the ball up and get it out of bounds, take a couple of shots. That was a game-saving punt. Game-saving punt. So that was a fun game. Tom versus time. Brady and the uh, the Bucks. That was a that was a division clinching win. They're in the playoffs. They are locked in at the number four seed. Nothing can change. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next week. Tom's former team, the Patriots, they beat the Dolphins. They will now be in a win and in situation in Week 18. Playing the Bills, the Dolphins, five 
losses in a row now. Five in a row. They're now on the outside looking in. Their path back in would require the Patriots to lose. And I think something else. I don't think it's just one Patriots loss. There's a couple of things that have to happen for them. And I'm not totally sure there will be shows upon shows about that this week if you're an NFL fan. Chiefs. Chiefs. Another tight one with the with the Broncos. You know, sometimes teams just kind of have your number. Second time in the last, what, four or five weeks that the Chiefs and Broncos played. And another close one. Broncos had the lead in the fourth quarter, if I'm if I'm remembering. No. No, they didn't. Have the lead in the third quarter? I think they took the lead in the third quarter. Yeah, I think they took the lead in the third quarter. Scored one late to keep it interesting, but that was about it. But yeah, still. I mean, Pat Mahomes, 328 for three touchdowns. Didn't want to throw any of those in the red zone to Travis Kelsey. That's going to hurt me in my fantasy. We'll get there. But yeah, maybe just a, a little worrisome out of the Chiefs that, you know, they let the Texans hang around. They let the Broncos hang around. And they let the Broncos hang around again. They're at the Raiders next week. Close out the season. So, uh, Speaking of the Raiders. So first off, they take it to OT against the Niners. I didn't watch a ton of that game. It was on red zone, but I was watching the Packers game. Then when I was going to watch it, when it was going to fucking overtime, did I get to watch that? Nope. Nope. Had the Simpsons. The Simpsons was on Fox because Red Zone shuts off when there's one game remaining. And the Simpsons was on Fox. So that was cool. Field goal to win it. You know, that's that's fun. Uh, Big bigger news. Jared Stinnup played great. He, in the first half, I saw a tweet that I saved. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on. Uh, 11 for 14 for 145, two TDs, no interceptions, no sacks. I wonder what he, I didn't even see what he finished with. Let's check that out, don't you say? Probably should have done that before, shouldn't you? Oh, Walsh. But what fun would that be? You guys couldn't just sit here while I ramble on and, and look all this up. Ends up 365, three touchdowns, two interceptions. So a couple interceptions in the second half. Christian McCaffrey, stud, obviously. Brandon Ayuk having a nice season. Also on my fantasy team. Just not enough. Not enough. Um, but yeah, big big story for the Raiders is they decided to bench Derek Carr. Carr, dis- not with the team. And now there are rumors news, whatever you may call it, that the Raiders are going to look to trade Derek Carr this offseason. I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this works out for the Raiders well. Who are we trading him for, first off? There's that. Second, you just signed Devontae Adams to come there because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. How's that going to go over? This one's confusing to me. You would have had thought Josh McDaniels came in with the understanding that, like, this is the guy. <coughs> Excuse me, but I don't know. Maybe not. 
I don't know. Giants clinched their first playoffs since 2016. Last time they were in the playoffs, they took a little trip down to Miami on their off week. Took a little photo on a, the deck of a yacht, a boat, shirtless, wearing jeans and boots, all of them. It was, it's really an incredible picture. Odell Beckham was still on the team back then. I believe they lost that following week to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think they lost to the Packers that year. Let's look this up. But yeah, back in the playoffs for the first time since then. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, they lost to Green Bay. Now they lost in the wild card. When did they go down there? They wouldn't have had a week 17 bye, obviously. Interesting. I can't remember that. Oh, well. Uh, other notes. J.J. Watt to retire. Pat Mahomes joins Tom Brady and Drew Brees as the only QBs in NFL history for with multiple 5,000-yard uh, seasons. So that's pretty cool. Ron Rivera was getting some shit that he that he didn't know that they could be eliminated if they lost and the Packers won. And he was getting kind of skewered for it. I don't care. Like, it just doesn't bother me. The dude needs to win games. Like, not figure out the scenarios on how if they lose, they can stay alive. Like, just worry about winning games, which is what he was obviously worried. He was trying to figure out. And he was focused on. Don't care. Not into the hype on that. Uh, NFC playoffs. Bucks locked at four. Giants locked at six. I couldn't find anything for the AFC. Probably because of the game Monday night. There's still plenty that can change. Uh, rumors that Harbaugh might be coming back to the NFL. Broncos interested in him. Has just had a couple of good seasons at Michigan. Beat Ohio State twice. Won two Big Ten titles. Back-to-back -back trips to the playoff that he got smoked in. So, who knows? Well, as I record later parts of this show, after the Penn State game and probably while I record the rest of the show watching Monday Night Football, I'm going to be talking about my fantasy football team. Deal with it, people. I know you don't care, but I'm going to be bitching about it while I do. I previously have lost a <clears throat> one of the finals I was in. Unless Stefan Diggs goes for minus four points. If Stefan Diggs wants to fumble a couple times and then just sit out the rest of the game, I'm good with that. Otherwise, I will lose that one. And the other one, I'm in a dogfight. In the Yahoo League, I am in an absolute dogfight in the title game. I currently lead by five points. I am projected to win by .55 points currently. We both have two players left. Both are kickers. Tyler Bass for my opponent. Evan McPherson for me. So he has the Buffalo kicker. I have the Cincinnati kicker. I have T. Higgins, and he has Joe Burrow going. So there's that. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll follow back up with a Monday Night Football addendum after this, and then we'll move on to college. Let's do some college football. Penn State game is just wrapping up now. They are big winners over Utah in the Rose Bowl. I think the final is 35 
to 21. Utah scores a late touchdown. They secure the over. A uh, little that talk made made the broadcast. Kirk wasn't uh, wasn't quite picking up what was getting put down. Uh, so uh, he had to, you know, real they really he had really had to get it laid on thick for him. So yeah, Penn State wins. Two big plays, really the difference. It's tied up after halftime, and Penn State they go deep two times. Once on a run, Singleton busts loose. The other red, red why can't, I just lost the name. I just lost the court. Clifford Jeepers, Clifford the big red dog finds Lambert Smith for eighty-eight yards. So two long scoring plays form in the second half really are the difference. So Penn State, pretty solid season, honestly. 11-2, and two, only two losses to Michigan and Ohio State, two teams in the playoff. You know, it's it's tough being that, you know, the third egg in your own side of the conference, but I don't know. What are you going to do? You're in there with two tough teams, Michigan and Ohio State. Hey, rumor with the rumor mill going that Harbaugh's leaving, maybe – Maybe Michigan falls down a peg again, and you know you can kind of battle in there, and every once in a while you beat Ohio State, and that's enough. But who knows? Decent year, pretty decent year for Penn State. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Tyler Boyd catching touchdowns and not T. Higgins is not nice for me. Um, the the playoff games were pretty great. Playoffs, the playoff games were both pretty good. TCU big upset over Michigan, got out on them early. Then Michigan starts coming back on them. An absolute scoring explosion in the third quarter. Explosion. <clears throat> Let me look it up. I think it was something. I mean, it was silly. Absolutely silly what happened. Where did they put it? They have the one semifinal. I'll find it. I'll find it. Bear with me, people. Bear with me. There it is. 44 points in the third quarter. 44 points. All of it started at 933. Field goal at 933. Touchdown at 632. Touchdown at 425. Touchdown at 3. Touchdown at 147. Touchdown at 49. Touchdown at 3. And then another Michigan touchdown, 14-13 in the fourth. 1307 in the fourth, and then 1006 in the fourth. So, really, in a quarter's length of time, you got not just 44, you got another, you got 61 points in a quarter's length of time. So, pretty crazy. Then, in the late fight, in the late playoff, Ohio State comes back, they're down 15 points going into. The fourth quarter, and they score 18. They're down 14 points. Sorry. They score 18. Not all unanswered. Yes. No. Nope, nope. Ohio State mixed a field goal in there. Then they end up scoring a touchdown late. I was asleep by that point. It was coinciding with the ball dropping. I was not awake at that point. But, yeah, 18 points in the fourth quarter. They come back from a big hole. They were down 28 to 24 at halftime, and then, Ohio State uh, got out and scored ten in the third. So yeah, one uh, one result you were expecting, and not the probably the way you were expecting it, and then one result you weren't expecting. Uh, I've collapsed in my college football pick and pool. 
I have fallen from first to fourth with no hope to win heading into the final game. So, you know, we got that going for me. And, oh, ooh, new rule. New rule for bowl games that aren't, for sure aren't the playoff games. I'm possibly, possibly willing to give an exclusion to this rule to, like, the New Year Six games, but all the rest of them. No more punts. You got to go for it. There's no more punting the football. I'm even up for it being just three downs. Like, we don't even do fourth down. Kind of like Canadian football. Because there's no point in watching teams punt in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl or the Investopedia Bowl or the Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care Bowl. So, all right, that's all for college football. We'll uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the national championship. Okay, Flyers update. And I come with good news. Good news for the Flyers. That's a rarity. Two wins in a row, back-to-back wins. How about it? With a chance tonight to go to, to get three in a row. That's what you would call a winning streak. A winning streak. It's been done before. And we have the possibility of doing it tonight. So yeah, 4-3 win Thursday night over the San Jose Sharks. And wait for it. Overtime. Overtime. First overtime win of the year for the Flyers. Things are looking up. Then a 4-2 win Saturday against the LA Kings. And like I said, we got the Anaheim Ducks tonight. In those couple games, Travis Konechny, three goals. Three goals. Two goals for Owen Tippett. So a couple of, a couple of common goal scorers there across a couple games. So yeah, this week, Monday, tonight, as I record, the Anaheim Ducks, they're 10-23-4. That game is winnable. That game is winnable. The Thursday we head to Arizona. Sorry, Thursday Arizona comes to Philadelphia. 13-17-5. That's another winnable game. Lost to them already. That was impressive. But hey, winnable game. Winnable game there. And then Sunday's going to be a tough one. That's the, the Maple Leafs coming to town. One of the better teams in the NHL. But hey, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to be coming back to you next week with some good news again. You never know. But hey, maybe maybe these wins aren't great. Maybe that's hurting our draft position. I don't know. Not getting the number one pick, so getting that kid out of Canada. But hey, well, let's just win some games. What do you say? Make it fun. Quick Tar Heels update. These guys. These guys. I don't know. They lost again. Friday. Back in the back in the old year. The old, you know, back in 2022. Dropped one to Pittsburgh. They led by something as much as like seven or eight in the second half. Couldn't hold on to it. <clears throat> Had just gotten themselves ranked again. Moved into 25th. After a couple solid wins over Ohio State and Michigan. Couldn't keep it going, though. Couldn't keep it going. I don't know. I think I'm all set and in getting in, like invested in this team until the Duke game. So for about like another month and a half, or what is it? the first Duke games in? Is early February, right? Yeah, first Duke game is February fourth. I'm probably all set and in being invested in this team until then. If by then they're starting to figure it out and they're going to start playing some good ball, maybe I'll I'll get invested. Not going to say I'm not watching them. I'll still watch. I'll have it on the background, but I'm not going out of my way 
to uh to you know I'm not, I'm not going out of my way to do it. Caleb Love was scoreless in the in the second half until he like dropped in like a bank three pointer that then almost turned into them winning the game. Oh, that doesn't look good. There's a dude down motionless in the Monday Night Football game. Oh, that looks bad. Um, they were also wearing Pittsburgh was wearing like a blue jersey at home. It was a little darker than North Carolina, but like. This is my old man yells at cloud moment. I cannot stand when in basketball, the home team doesn't wear white and then the away team doesn't wear their color jersey. Just do that. Whites and darks. That's how it's supposed to work. Home team wears white. Away team wears, you know, their, their color. Just do it. It's simple. Okay. All right. Carolina, what they got coming for? Wake Forest, I think they suck. They got them Wednesday. Then Saturday, they got Notre Dame. That game starts at 10.30? Good Lord. Well, get up and get after it. So, And then the week after that, Virginia. Heading to Virginia. Not a lot of ranked teams in the ACC. Virginia, Miami, and Duke. The only ranked teams and they have left on the schedule. That's kind of crazy. Huh? We'll uh, follow back up with them next week. So, Monday Night Football uh, addendum. Kind of a, a weird one here tonight. Uh, you know, when I started doing this podcast, definitely definitely didn't think I'd be tackling um, serious issues, really. That was not the goal. A scary moment tonight, watching the, the Bills and Bengals game. Uh, DeMar Hamlin collapses, weird thing. About an hour after it happened, they canceled the game. Probably could have been done earlier. Not going to pile on that train too much. It was a super unprecedented situation. Nobody knew what to do. I'm sure a lot of phone calls had to be made. So, again, probably could have happened quicker. They could have postponed the game, but, you know, what are you going to do? No one knew what was happening, so... Uh, no further update. Uh, scary moment. Hope the dude's okay. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> sorry, I don't have a lot to add. Uh, again, I didn't... You know, I never thought I was going to be tackling anything serious when I did this. So, hopefully the dude's okay. And uh, if I'm still up, when news about what's going to happen and going forward with the game, but I, I don't imagine that's coming tonight. I'd, uh, I'll add it to the pod. But otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll just hope DeMar Hamlin... Comes out okay. Time for some passing thoughts. Uh, a couple sports things going to toss in here. Golf is back this week. The Century Tournament of Champions out at Kapalua. That's going to be one of the newly elevated events. Uh, Rory McElroy will be not playing this week. This is going to be the one he takes off. So, interesting tweet I saw. Someone asked if... The real golf season is from Kapalua. Let me see. You know me. Can't find any tweets. Kapalua to Sawgrass. So to the Players' Championship. My apologies. Kapalua to Austin. Austin to the match play. So he's ruling out all of the majors, which is probably crazy. I would say you'd have to go to like the PGA for that. 
but I don't know. It seems a little crazy. Another golf-related thing, Scott Stallings' master's invite went to a man named Scott Stallings, but not the gentleman who plays professional golf. So, you know, that guy had to reach out to Scott Stallings via Instagram or Twitter, some sort of direct message, and, and send him pictures and be like, hey, bro, I uh, I got that for you. I saw Scott Stallings was going to get him practice round tickets. He can't, like, reach out to Augusta and be like, hey, you guys really fucked up here. Maybe hook the dude up with some, like, real tickets? Practice round? We talking about practice? I'm all about that. Uh, another sports-related thing. Tank Davis was accused of domestic violence against the mother of one of his children. I don't know how many children he has or if the mother of that child is the mother of all children, if there is extra children. But then suddenly she recanted. Uh, apparently she came in and the police noted bruises or uh, a laceration or something. Don't Again, don't quote me on this, but uh, I know for a fact that she did recant everything and said none of that happened. It's totally not sketchy. It's not like he has a fight this coming weekend that they were desperately trying to keep on. He already has some other charge. Was it hit and run? Or is this another one of his domestic uh, disputes that he has coming up in February that he has trial date for? So, yeah, not sketchy. Not sketchy at all. Everything's normal. That that Tank Davis-Ryan Garcia fight. Oof. I don't know. If that happens, I'll be I'll be surprised. I'd like to be wrong, but I'll be surprised. Last sports one here in the uh, the passing thoughts, I think. Uh, I noticed this the other day when I was watching the Raiders 49ers game before I got kicked off to have to watch the Simpsons. Certain stadiums have a look. The Raiders stadium now has a look. Like you just know, you see it come out, and you're like, ooh, they're they're you know, they're in Vegas. Other stadiums that have a look. And obviously, if you took away the midfield logo, you'd still kind of know. You know when you go to the Bill, like when the Bills are playing, because like the camera angle's so low. On the flip side, at Ohio State, the camera angle's so up high. Like they just have a look. I don't know. Just thought of that. Uh, a couple things I've been watching. Watched the Glass Onion or Glass Onion. I don't know if it's the Glass Onion. The sequel to Knives Out. Daniel Craig is in it. Ed Norton. Uh, Dave Bautista. A uh, plethora of other. Uh, A-list actors are in it. Very good. Very good show. Uh, very good movie. 20 to th 20 minutes too long, maybe? Also watched Bullet Train with Brad Pitt and a ton of other people in that one. Not, not actors I can think of off the top of my head. Again, fun movie. Really fun. That one is interesting. Both are very interesting kind of... Uh, what is it? Is it non-sequitur? Like, they kind of bounce around timelines a little bit. A fun movie, too. Again, I think 20 minutes. Not every movie needs to be like 222 and a half, guys. Like, there's nothing wrong with an hour and 45-minute movie. Finished up Jack Ryan Season 3. Pretty solid show. Got no complaints. Nothing blew me away, but it was a fun show to watch if you like spy thrillers. Uh, did, the, did the job in that aspect. Uh, had enough interest and intrigue that I kept watching. I think, the, I think the first season was my favorite thus far. I think. I haven't rewatched any of them, but just going back, I think the first season was my favorite. In the Jack Ryan universe, I uh, I also happened, I, I got in the Jack Ryan mood, so I watched Hunt for Red October as well. That uh, that movie's a classic. That one's, that one's always awesome. 
Never, uh, never going to not love that one. What else did I see? Ooh, John Cena made his comeback on SmackDown. That one hurt me a little bit. John Cena had to uh, get a wrestling match in his 20th year, so he wrestled the, the Friday before the end of the year. And they had him positioned on the correct side of the ring because he has a giant bald spot in the middle of the back of his head. As a man who can see that he's going bald, it uh, that one hurt me a little bit to see that. I'm like, ooh, that's what it's going to look like. It also hurt me to see that it, you know, John Cena is getting old. Obviously, like if you've been wrestling for 20 years, but John Cena was a dude when I was, you know, a dude in the WWE when I was in like middle school, grade school, then you know, high school. So now he's got a huge ass bald spot in the middle of his head. Yeah, that one made me feel a little old. Yeah. Ah. Wow, wow, wow. Celine Dion somehow did not make Rolling Stone's list of top 200 singers. Top 200 singers. Just think about that. I didn't look who else was on the list. I saw a couple of them like Celine, uh, like Taylor Swift was on there. Like Celine Dion's a way better singer than Taylor Swift. And don't get me wrong. I love some T-Swift. But Celine Dion... Anybody heard her pump some stuff out of those pipes? Good Lord. No Celine Dion. Top 200. 200. Come on. Any of you guys see the meme video of the dude down in Texas that was slinging the popcorn? Ooh, that was something else. Dude was like tossing it around. Then he'd get the butter in it. Then he'd toss it around. Then he'd add another scoop and then he'd toss it around. Just an absolute pro at a uh, movie theater in Texas. Just absolutely killing it. Absolutely killing it. So, next question. If you had two of these places to serve you free products for one year, what are you going with? I'll read the options. Quiznos, Subway, Wendy's, Burger King, Sonic, McDonald's, Arby's, Pizza Hut, Jack in the Box, Starbucks, Chipotle, Denny's, Taco Bell, KFC, Papa John's, Popeyes. I'm going to go Chipotle and Subway. I feel like those ones are at least decent food quality. Chipotle is pretty good food quality in my opinion. Subway's decent. But at both you can also get some variation. Like you can go a lot of different ways with Subway subs. Chipotle, you can do bowls, you can do burritos, you can do tacos, quesadillas. You kind of go the salad route. But it feels like a better quality food. Subway, you get a little more variation. I think that's the only one. I don't want to be eating Wendy's and Burger Kings and stuff like that. So a lot of Chipotle Starbucks. People are like, you just eat Chipotle and get your coffee from Starbucks. So that's what I'm going with. Saw this thing. Um... The U.S. Army once designed an anti-armor grenade that would be the same size and shape of a football so U.S. soldiers knew how to sling it. This prototype was built using a hollowed-out Nerf ball, and it's literally showing a Nerf ball with, like, a little bomb with the tail on the back. 
And then it says, imagine you at war and Josh Allen launches this at you from 70 yards out with pinpoint accuracy. That's all I'm going to be able to imagine watching the game tonight is Josh Allen just whipping football grenade, football anti-armor grenades around and them just blowing everybody to smithereens around it. Oh, gosh. That's incredible. This is funny. The term, somebody tweeted this. I just saw a screenshot. I don't even know who did it. But it says the term, and then it puts obese in in quotations, is a slur, violent, dehumanizing, and it's anti-black. No, 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 and no. You know what it is? It's a medical term to describe someone who is vastly overweight. At a certain point, you become obese. You're not just overweight. They need another term to describe how fat you are. It's all it is. It's all it is. It's not a slur. It's not violent. It's not dehumanizing. And it sure as fuck ain't anti-black. There's just as many, if, if probably not more, obese white people. So there's that. And you know what? We'll end this one on a, uh, a positive note. If you ever feel sad, just remember that the world is over 4 billion years old. And you existed at the same time as the rock and stone cold. If you smell what the rock is cooking. And that's the bottom line. Stone cold said so. Okay. uh, Closing time, everybody. Uh, Just quickly want to say thank you to everyone. uh, And congrats to Coach Clark and Dakota Roof for for winning the t-shirts. Again, still still weird (laughs) doing this after I watched that football game and and the guy, Damar, um, he collapsed there. Um, so hopefully that gets resolved. Damar Hamlin, uh, I see it says he's in critical condition. Um, yeah, like I said, like as most of you probably know, most of the shows recorded and I do it with Monday Night Football. So a lot of that stuff done pre. So obviously the Monday Night Football and this have a little different tone to them, but um, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully when we come back next week, we can talk about the guy being all right. Um, so next week I'm going to be back. Um, hopefully on a brighter note, it'll be the 20 year anniversary. Hopefully we can, we can, you know, like I said, we can get, give some good news on DeMar Hamlin on that. That'll be the, the best way. Um, otherwise we'll talk some NFL, some college football and some golf and some more. So again, thank you guys. Um, And we'll be back next week.